Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're on the eve of Easter, so happy Easter for those of you who celebrate. And for the rest of you heathens, you know, just uh, enjoy, you know, just enjoy. But welcome to another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm Bill Roden, uh, holding it down in Midtown Manhattan at an undisclosed location. And uh, joined by my friend and co-host, great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's happening? What's up, Bill? Everything's good over here in Brooklyn. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a little tired running, running my kid around to to basketball games and uh you know fresh fresh back from the men's final four which turned out to be uh you know not not the most exciting compared, compared to where you were you know yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess so yeah it was a dud but we'll we'll talk about it and we'll talk about it with our guest and uh friend uh the great cl brown uh cl is joining us from i think north carolina Yes, sir. I'm, I'm the proverbial, uh, my mama's basement. <laughs> You're still in the basement? It's, it's Easter and, you know, came home and uh, this, I, I, I would have set it up big had I known, you know, but, but when Jamal reached out and stuff, it, this, this is what it is. So y'all, y'all, don't, y'all don't have to send help or anything. I know it looks like I'm uh <laughs> I'm in a dungeon. I'm gonna show proof of life from a newspaper in a second. But um, yeah, we're we're making well, it do what it do. Well, here. wherever you, thanks for joining us, man. It's really great. I think you you've been on the show before, uh, and, and and I remember we connected a long time ago at a Final Four. Yes, sir. A, a number of years ago, and I forgot where it was, but um, Houston, great, I think. Was it Houston? I, I, I yeah. know we had we had we had the you know you had one of those dinners. Yeah. Yeah, the black the yeah. black sports writer uh, yeah. get together. Yeah, yeah, I forgot where it was, but yeah, man. Uh, and uh, breaking news, uh, CL just told us that he's got a new gig uh, starting Monday. He's going to be a columnist at the Louisville Courier Journal. So that's great, great, great news, man. So happy for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'm excited about it. Uh, worked worked there for 13 years, so uh, but not in the last 10. But going going back to a place I'm very familiar with, and uh, in a lot of respects, I feel like it's it's like a second home for me. Well, that'll be great, man. You spent 13 years there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that'd be great, man. This will be a whole new writing adventure for you. Uh, you know, being able to write columns and talk about uh, you know issues and how you feel about them, and uh, I, I can't wait to see your debut. Uh, hopefully, you'll do it around uh, the 13th of April, so I could distribute it to my class uh, at, at the Cronkite School at ASU. Uh, and, and hopefully you'll join, how's this putting you on the spot? And hopefully you'll join us, <laughs> you'll join us for class. But I think that's great news, CL. How did that, how did that come about, by the way? How, how did that, uh, this isn't what the show is supposed to be about, but it's fresh and it's good news. How did it come about? Well, um, my, former editor in Raleigh for for the past year was Natalie Pierre and she is now the the sports editor in Louisville 
And I think really as a byproduct of a lot of conversations we had, I mean, in Raleigh, I was the, the North Carolina, University of North Carolina beat reporter. And so I think some of the conversations we had about story ideas and, you know, some of the times I did our podcast uh, for the paper, she just kind of, you know, uh, respected the way that I thought about things and approached things and um, wanted to give me this opportunity uh, in terms of writing about the, the bigger picture a lot more than, you know, the nuts and bolts of a beat. So um, obviously... It, you know, had I not worked there before, I'm not sure <laughs> if I would have uh, would have been somebody she was interested in. But uh, given my background there as well um, and, and my background in, in college basketball, that's like my my number one sport, if you will. Um, uh, she thought I'd be a good fit. So I'm, I'm glad it worked out. A f former uh, friend, uh, Rick Bozick, I guess, was a long time yes, columnist in, in Louisville. So that's uh, my guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Real quick, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live events to conference championships, right through to the final four in the championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So so um, we could just dive in, man, since you talked about college basketball is your beat. Uh, I mean, you covered, you've got deep roots in college basketball. Uh, what did you think of the respective Final Fours? Uh, the men, which we thought was awful, it wasn't awful, but it was not eventful. But what did you think of the uh, the two Final Fours, uh, both being in Texas, uh, the women, of course, being in Dallas, the men being in uh, uh, Houston? What, what did you think? I could give a complaint that probably none of your listeners want to hear about um, just from logistically speaking, you know, Houston doing the Final Four. It's so spread out, and it's it's not – I don't feel like I'm part of the final four when I'm there. Not like, you know, last year in New Orleans, basically New Orleans, Indianapolis, San Antonio, those right. have been my three favorite in the rotation um, uh, because you're just, everybody's in the same kind of location. Yeah. You can walk a lot of places and you feel a part of it. All that being said, I, I kind of liken the women's final four and the emergence of Caitlin Clark in, in Iowa, um, to looking back to like bird magic in 79 and i wonder obviously what bird magic did for the sport and and launching things forward in the in the nba i'm wondering if did we just witness a moment with women's college basketball because of uh you know all the eyes that they drove through um you know the the highest rated uh tv audience for for a final game um is that about our love of watching exceptionally talented players like a Caitlin Clark come, come along and carry that team against a powerhouse South Carolina program. And then, you know, and then facing LSU, which, which, you know, was, was up there too. Um, so was it about that moment or is this momentum for the women's game? That's what I'm most curious to see about because, 
you know, with with all of the talk that followed, whether it was the the Jill Biden invitation or or talk of an invitation to Iowa, or the whole trash talking saga um, with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark that probably played out longer than it should have to me. Um, but those things we don't normally talk about women's basketball as much as we did following that game and and this Final Four. So. I'm hoping that that it is something that's going to be a springboard and, you know, we, we kind of get used to that. And and a little trash talk among the women is not a big deal anymore. Yeah. I just put you on the spot. If you were going to write a column about it, what would you what would you write? I mean, I know, I know that uh, it's past. I give you the luxury of it's, it's over. Uh, but what are your thoughts about it if you were going to write about it, write about I don't know, would you contrast the men's and the women? Or would you bring up the Larry Bird, uh, um, uh, Magic Johnson thing? Would you talk about momentum? Of, of all things, what do you think is, a, is a, the most, uh, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the point that catches your attention? Well, um, yeah, I definitely would write from an angle that I, I, that this could be the momentum, you know, this could be the springboard that they need to, to go forward because of uh, the talent involved. Caitlin Clark will be back again for another year. Um, uh, South Carolina certainly isn't going anywhere as long as Don Staley is the head coach. You know, I feel like they'll be back. And I think there are a lot of things in place that can grow the game. Um, but this is, I feel like, a critical year. Like, they have to take advantage of what we just saw and uh, really get behind the promotion of their stars, um, the promotion of star programs. And, um, yeah, they're just really not back down from that. I, I think, you know, there was a lot of good that happened in that women's tournament. And, and uh, I think people would be more receptive to seeing it. it it's funny, though. It's like... You still have the Neanderthals. I got an email. I covered Duke in their first, uh, they hosted, you know, first and second round games. And after I did a story from the first game, I had somebody email me, a man clearly emailed me. Um, the subject line was like women's basketball. And the only text once I opened the, the email was who cares? <laughs> and so, you know, that was the only one I got from the story. But I think, you know, you're still going to have that element out there, but the more the product is out and people watch it, I think the more they'll like it. Yeah, I think that's a great sign. You only got one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think in the in past years, really? you you might have been flooded with that. Uh, and I agree with you. I think you know, especially the the bird magic angle, and you know, the one of the big things with the bird magic angle, obviously, was race. Yes. Uh, I do think. Uh, Caitlin Clark's race plays a fact. She's a great, 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 great player. Uh, but when you, for some, you know, some reason in this country, uh, you, you pose a, you know, a white, a very good white athlete with a very good black athlete or program, and yeah. you bring those two together. You know, I was, I watched it in the bar in, uh, in Houston, and there was a, there was a divide. But that, you know, both, both, yeah. both sides were very enthusiastic. Yeah, you know, so what bar did um, you go to, man? You, yeah. <laughs> I was, I don't know, the first you time I was, in, the hood. I, was, I was in foreign, I was in foreign land in uh, in Houston. I was at some bar, I don't even remember the name, but uh, you know, everybody was watching it, and there was you know, a large group cheering for every time Kate and Clark hit a, hit a long three, 
or every time LSU stopped or LSU took the lead, you know, there was there was definitely that dynamic there. Um, but 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 besides that, I do think it's going to be a springboard for the for the for the college game because there already are these underlying factors. The game has been growing over the past few years. The tournament has been watched by more people over the past few years. You look at the high school level, there are some great girl players coming up the ranks. You know, I watched the uh, the women's McDonald's All-American game. I think it's the first time I've really watched that. Yeah. It shows you, you know, where we are. But, um, it, you know, I was very impressed. I've covered I've covered female high, uh, at, um, high school athletes over the past couple of years. So the game is growing. The, they have, you know, the personalities are big. So I agree with you. They, they need to, uh, you know, dig into that and, yeah. uh, and promote that. Uh, but I think I think it is a springboard. Yeah, just like to embrace that. And one of the things I felt like it, the racial aspect to it was was kind of implied. I should have, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I, I I felt like there were parallels too to uh, uh, what I used to call Black America's team when the Minnesota Vikings had, you know, uh, Green uh, Green was coaching Dennis Green and and Randall Cunningham was quarterback. Randy Moss at oh, receiver. Yeah. And they lost in the in the AFC, I mean NFC championship game. That's what Iowa beating South Carolina felt like to me. Like it was like you had Don Staley in the pursuit of an undefeated season, and then you had Iowa just come and kind of take it from them. Um, well, not take it from them. They played well, obviously, but uh, yeah, I felt like a lot of people. You know that that was like a the wind out yeah, of the stomach. I, I was crestfallen. I can't I can't <laughs> complain, man. You know, I, I kind of go back to the old school days. You know, you always cheered for the, for me and my. I started watching football with my dad. The rules of the house were clear. You cheered for the team with the most black players. It's just <laughs> just automatic. And, and decades later, you know, you have South Carolina, and everybody likes Don Staley. I mean, not everybody, but for the most, I've always liked Don Staley. And you've got this undefeated team, and you've got her going for back-to-back titles, and you've got this all-black team that have one one white player, and it's such a stark contrast with Iowa that this all-white team that's that they had two black players on the bench. So to me, it was clear, you know. And and you're right when they lost, I was like, I was trying to disguise it. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like kind of walking around like. Trying to put on a, put on a good face, you know. Yeah, you got. In fact, I was at the elevator in my hotel, and there were. I got on there were two white people with Iowa stuff on, and uh, you know it was an awkward moment when the doors open. Who goes first? And so the doors open, and this and I, I was no, y'all go. You know, it's after you. You all won, and they kind of, they said, "Oh, you a South Carolina fan?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I would you see, you know, I, I was kind of crestfallen. But let me ask you a question. Um, what did you think about, I mean, that's what, for, I think the thing that really kicked it off was the whole post-game stuff with Angel Reese uh, trash-talking uh, Caitlin Clark. You, you, I'm sure you had to see it because they played over and over and over again. Again, I, I put it on your columnist hat. Uh what did that mean? What what where where did you fall? Uh, which side of the ledger line did you fall? How would you put that in perspective? Well, I I kind of feel like, uh, for starters, it's like we still we we want 
women to be competitive in sports, but some people treat them with kid gloves, like, but you still got to be a lady or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, right. it's like they're competitors. <laughs> you know, they're cutthroat on the court. And it was just like, you know, playing just like any other men would play. And so uh, on one hand, this is what we want, right? In our competitors, we want to see fire. We want to see some spunk about them. We we want to see them hate to lose and and you know and celebrate these victories. So um, th- that was kind of my my first thought to it. But as far as Angel Reese went, I didn't see anything wrong with what she did. The, that that was the other thing, um, and it's it it was pointed out many times. Just kind of the double standard that that went with. You know, when Caitlin Clark did the same things um, and how there wasn't any criticism that followed and, and you know, a ESPN producer doing a whole session or, or a segment on on Iowa's clapbacks or at least Caitlin Clark's clapbacks, say that fast. So, um, you know, it, it got blown out of proportion. Now, I will say, though, for injuries, I, I did think she could have <laughs> walked it back a little bit, like. <laughs> You know, she didn't have to follow her on the court. That that was a bit much for me. But, again, I I think that's all in the game. She didn't physically touch her. She didn't, you know. That was next. (laughs) There there was no real real taunting, what I call taunting, just getting in her face. So, um, yeah, I I got tired of hearing about it after, after, you know, the first hour. And I would I would say that the whole you know the controversy, really you know it it didn't come you know to Caitlin Clark's credit she she didn't she didn't complain about it yeah you know she she you know this is her this is what she does she knows that she she was doing the same thing she you know she said you know I don't I don't think anything should happen to uh to Angel Reese you know she was she's competitive she's talking trash I I was talking trash earlier so it's almost like you know people kind of used her. For whatever their agenda was, or or tried to protect her when she doesn't need protecting. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you, you don't get. You're not as good as she is without having played with a lot of black women yeah. your whole life. Yeah. Okay. Like, like this is also this is her. This is you know this is what she does. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So she doesn't she doesn't need any protection either. So I think she was kind of used in this in this whole thing. Well, you know that's the thing too about the Great White Hope. Before we move on is that the, the great white hope is usually not the athletes. It, it's everybody around the athletes. It's the quote unquote media around the athlete. I mean, when the term was first coined by Jack London, you know, uh, uh, aimed at Jim jo- uh, uh, Jack Johnson calling for uh, Jim Jeffries to come out of retirement, it was a writer, Jack London, who was saying, uh, Jim, you got to save us. You got to come out of retirement, you know, and wipe that smile. You know, so it's always, let me ask you this, CL, before we move on. Um, I was getting into this debate with um, the editor Sunday afterwards when he was, we were talking about writing. And he said, you know, man, this is, it's become this social media furor. And, and I guess my question was, is this a social media or a traditional media? controversy where is the controversy you know because even angel reese was saying you know the media the media and i said well and she was talking to the media there and i'm like well do we have to make do we have to distinguish between 
you know, the, the quote unquote mainstream media and social media? Well, I, I think in this case, I, f I feel like both kind of picked it up with the same, you know, with the same uh, intensity. Yeah. You know, I mean, some things I feel like do exist just on the Internet and they're really not a thing in real life to real people. But um, this is something I felt like crossed over because because, it, you know, it touches on that third rail of race in America. And, you know, um, and then uh, Angel Reese didn't turn down any interviews. And she should be as a national champion, you know. Right. So um, but that I felt like people kept asking her when she was doing these interviews. So that kind of kept it out there as well. Um, so. You know, and then Jill Biden didn't help <laughs> with with her. Um, I, I mean, I understand acknowledging, hey, this this team that lost is a pretty good team, but not enough to ever be like I should invite them as well. Yeah, what do you think about that? I mean, I want to yeah, the the gaff again. That you know, the story just was a gift that kept on giving. Yeah, yeah. we just thinking, oh, thank you, God. You know, <laughs> this is like a, an unexpected mana from heaven. You know, that, that the first lady. Because uh, what, what what did you? I mean, you 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 prefaced by saying you don't think she meant any harm, um, but what was your was your thought? I mean, Angel Reese was pretty defiant. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. I, I I mean, the funny thing is, I I feel like somewhere Barack and Michelle Obama were like, how we get involved? <laughs> <laughs> dragging us into this. We're going to Barack's house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, if anything, it was just a case of, of uh, Dr. Jill Biden just speaking out loud, like thinking thinking out loud of a process. And uh, uh, I'm glad there was no formal invitation actually sent. But, um, you know, I mean, we... It, I always feel like sometimes as as black people, we are asked to do what no one else is asked to do. And right. so this would be a time <laughs> where, yes, there, there would have been another unprecedented asking. It, it, but it's not like it was a black school or all black team, you know, so but it still felt like asking us to be gracious enough to accept somebody else and allow them to have the same right. platform and same shine that, that we just earned. So, um, so I'm glad that quickly, you know, quickly fell apart. And, and Iowa, it's not like Iowa was, you know, trying to solicit an invitation themselves. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad everything kind of worked out the way it should be where LSU gets the loan invitation. I, I think Caitlin Clark even said as much, she said something yeah. like, I forget what the words was, but you know, it's basically why, why, you know, we lost, right. you know, <laughs> you know. So again, I, I, I really thought that she did a good job of uh, Caitlin Clark did a good job of diffusing all of this and being the competitor. Uh, me as a throwaway. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Connecticut beats uh, San Diego State. You know, I didn't see an invitation go out for San Diego State. Let's invite them too. You know, but, <laughs> right, right, right. but I just thought, you know, I, I, I drove to uh, to Houston from Dallas, just, and it was just two things stood out. All throughout the women's Final Four, they were talking about it was a sellout. You know, they, but they were playing in the in the Mavs basketball arena, which is like nineteen thousand something. 
And it, for some reason, it, it dawned on me, I'm like in Houston, and they announced the attendance was like 60,000 something. Right. And I'm like, they're in this football arena. Yeah. So, and I know the tickets were cheaper, uh, but hey, what did you think of the men? And do you think that we've been talking about parody? They should, the women should even play around with being a. One issue was should should the final four as men and women be in the same city, and should you put a, the women's final four in the same kind of like huge arena? Uh, does that do a disservice? Yeah, I I think the only as of right now. I would not move the women's game to a domed arena um, unless they go ahead and fuse them together and have them all in one location. But I still don't like that idea. <laughs> I still think the women should get their shine separately. I feel like if you fold them in, in most years, like, like take last year's final four, when you had certified blue bloods and Carolina and Duke playing in a semifinal, like that's gonna, they're gonna get overshadowed. Like I, I don't, I, I don't care who the, the women's teams are involved in a in a year where the cream of the crop rises for the for the men's teams, and you're seeing those kind of big brands, you know, Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, you know, that that's gonna, I don't know, it, it, it's it's gonna take something away from the women's game if they're all together. I feel like so. Um, I think they should still keep it separate. I, as far as the the dome, though, it, it's I was just talking about the game being a springboard, but I do feel like they need to be <coughs> careful of trying to just expand things too fast, right. you know, because um, I'm not sure if it's if it's not the right teams, if it's not the right programs, or if it's not the right talent involved, would there still be? Would there be sixty thousand people worth of interest in the right. women's? You know, like if a San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, if those kind of teams on a women's side made it, right? Like you know, <laughs> right? Could be a tough sell. And kind of, kind of to your point, you know, the women's they broke the record. It was what nine point nine million, yeah. and it was and that broke the record. Meanwhile, the men's was the lowest ever, and it was eleven point nine million. So still, more people watched the men's but you know yeah. but the you know despite the fact that the women's was the most watched ever so the, there's still a gap there yeah. yeah i think the men's was more than that though. i think it was like 15.9 really it was the first time under 17 okay and uh yeah i think it was like 15 9 yeah. but that that also brings me to another uh point from the <laughs> from the final four i don't think uconn's a blue blood I know yeah. he's got the fifth. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but, I, I but you're but you're from North Carolina, so you're. you're, you're right. <laughs> I mean, you know well, look at it this way: UConn played in the lowest-rated men's national championship team, game. Now, if that was Carolina, if that against, was against against San Diego State, that was Kentucky. Even see, I feel like even against a quote-unquote, you know, not a name brand kind of program the bigger brands to me are still going to carry a lot, carry a larger audience. So, so to you, blue blood means brand. I mean, part of it. Yeah. But because that brand has been established over so many years, so many well, yeah. decades, like yeah, right. you know, who are your blue bloods? Who, 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 when you say, I mean, I know what you mean, but just again, putting you on who are the like blue Carolina, bloods? Kansas, uh, Kentucky. Yes. 
Carolina, no. Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, you, you, I UCLA, Indiana. In people say since Indiana haven't you know hasn't won a title since '87, they don't belong. People say UCLA doesn't belong. I also think UCLA belongs uh, because of the basketball culture right. um, that these places have. I mean, especially Indiana, like it matters, you know. Yeah. And they haven't won a title in '87, and it still matters with the same kind of attendance and the same kind of rigor and the same kind of excitement about basketball. So, um, yes, yes. I, I, I don't put UConn in that category yet. Snob. They, they got more, <laughs> more decades. They got yeah. more work to do. Write that, write that column. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> start, off, start off with that. Uh, just brief, man, before we let you, before we let you roll, um, just your thoughts uh, uh, moving forward. I mean, because I, I guess, Another challenge will be, as you start this new career uh, of a columnist, you know, the NFL is still the monster. I mean, the NFL is still the gangster and all this stuff, you know. So, you know, it devours college basketball. Yeah. So you're going to have to, like, get into, I guess, and you're like the Carolina Panthers. You're going to have to get into the NFL. What, what is your what, – what, what is your – uh, your sense of the issues and and or what grabs your attention with the NFL? Well, it's interesting you ask that, Bill, because <laughs> I was thinking for a call when when the season starts about why I haven't watched the NFL since twenty seventeen. Oh wow! Oh that'll be that. It's like that's a, that's a great. Please write that column. Please yeah. write that column. Colin Kaepernick was the final straw for me. It, it basically comes down to. I'm tired of begging for acceptance. When I was little watching the game and watching somebody like Warren Moon have to play, you know, the funny thing was it was good ESPN needed that early programming and you saw all those CFL games in Edmonton Eskimos. And so, uh, but, you know, first it was we couldn't play quarterback. So it's like it's like begging acceptance to play quarterback. Then it was begging acceptance to be a head coach, you know, when I, when Art Shell first got. Like, I just feel like there's just too much of a pattern here. And, I, and we're still, to an extent, as black quarterbacks, you know, it's still like they have yeah. to justify different things of being different. And, you know. <laughs> I mean, I just got to the point where I'm like, you know what? To, to me, the NFL is sending a message. If if this was, you know, a, a woman I was trying to holler at, you know, and and she kept making me right, get the point. kind of hurdles, I'd be like, you know what? She don't like me. <laughs> I need to move on to something else. So, you know, uh, that that's kind of how I feel about the NFL. I, I know it's the it's the king, you know. Are you, are, are you going to watch it now? I mean, as far as my job goes, if, if I need to, I, right. I will actually watch a game. But it's not like I don't know what's going on because I, I follow enough people in the media right. and, you know, friends and stuff that actually report on it. So, you know, I, I'll see headlines. I'll still click on stories to read, right. you know, sometimes. But especially with, with Lamar Jackson's situation right now. Which um, is another example of what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, the whole blackballing and yeah. collusion and you know, all the dirty things that it does, but people are still addicted. Yes. Uh, not you, but yeah. <laughs> me and Jamal joke, joke about it all the time. Here we are. You know. <laughs> that, that, Here that's, we are. A, that's a great, that's a great first column. Um, any thoughts about the NBA? Uh, speaking of things that, I mean, you, there's going to be so much stuff 
on your plate, on your on your on your 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 palate extends. Uh, any thoughts about the NBA as we kind of move into the playoffs? Well, the the funny thing is, right now I'm I'm curious about team that's not going to the playoffs, the Dallas Mavericks, and, mm. and their experiment gone awry. You know, bringing Kyrie in there. Um, but I, when you have an exceptionally talented player like Luca. Man, the the window is small. Like you got to make the moves that'll that'll get that team in place around him, so you know you can elevate and and make a strong run. And I just, you know, I feel like Dallas is grasping at straws. And then then I saw a headline in a report about maybe Luca's gonna want to leave in twenty twenty four. You know, which <laughs> that would crumble anything at this point. But um, and I also saw you know today about. Uh, the NBA looking to investigate them yeah. for sitting yeah. out um, so many guys. So um, uh, aside from the playoffs, you know, I, I was just kind of thinking about everything else behind the scenes, uh, you know, that's going on and, and, you know, could form, could shape some of these teams moving forward. What do you, what do you yeah. think about that decision by Dallas the, that Cuban made, I guess, to, uh, you know, basically, you know, you know, shrug off any any hopes of uh of the play-in. Like obviously, yeah. they they wanted no parts of that. Uh, didn't don't care if they make the playoffs at this point because they you know they still had a chance if they if we were to, if they were to win their last two games yeah. and to sit out Luca, you know, play him. I mean, it was so blatant. I mean, he had to be doing that purposefully, you know, to say to say something to Silver. I mean, it's just it, it was yeah. too blatant. Yeah, I I mean, I hate it in general. The whole load management. And, and guys not playing, um, and and I respect Anthony Edwards uh, in Minnesota for just mm-hmm. coming out and saying he doesn't like it either. Um, but, yeah, I think that um, <laughs> Cuba's going to have to answer for something because there, there's, there's no good reason. And you got so many people that that may have been the only game they've been to. Um, I, I went to the Charlotte Hornets game. There, there's – you know, regular season home finale against the Rockets uh, Friday night. And I was, A, I was surprised at how many people showed up, you know, for a team that's not going anywhere. And, you know, the best players aren't even playing right now. You know, it's kind of a a ragtag lineup on the floor. But there are a lot of people engaged, a lot of kids there. And I, I was just thinking, like, this is probably some people's, you know, first time being able to go or, or first experience that they're having with the league. And, you still you got to keep the customer in mind, like you know, regardless of whatever kind of broadcast money you get, and you know, in a certain amount of that isn't going to change no matter what the product is. You still got to respect the product you're putting out on the floor, and you know, give the fans who they came to see. So, uh, barring like serious injuries or you know something you really have to keep an eye on, these guys got to be playing. Sounds like another column. <laughs> there's, there's no shortage of columns. <laughs> hey, man. Well, hey, hey so, you know, listen, man. Thank you so much for your time, your insights, man. We could talk for another hour, man. You got. Yeah. I see why that. I see why that they were so eager to have you as a columnist, man. You got a lot of stuff to say. I appreciate so I, it. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and looking forward to have you speak to the class. By the way, that would <laughs> be a great interaction. Uh, uh, I wear a college shirt for the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's been the great CL 
Brown, uh, columnist now, Louisville Journal uh, 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 columnist now, freshly minted. We're breaking news here. Uh, and um, he'll start sometime soon in the next few days. Uh, can't wait to see that first column. He's already given a hint of what he's thinking, but I can't wait to see whatever that's going to be. Uh, so, Seattle, thank you so much, man. Really thank appreciate you. it. Thank and you, enjoy Easter with your family down in North Carolina, uh, home of Blue Blood, North Carolina basketball, he says. <laughs> no, you can't, man. The, the championships don't matter. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. That'll be another. That, 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 that's another. Well, you have to have you on with some UConn people. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Big East guy, so, you know, I'm hurt by that. I'm hurt by that. Maybe we'll have you on with Val Ackerman, the commissioner of the Big East. <laughs> tell, tell her that, that UConn got a blue blood. <laughs> hey, but see, thank you so much, man. Thank really you appreciate all. you. Appreciate you. And make sure you, uh, well, I'll get your, your stuff from Jamal. Okay. Sounds good. All right, brother. Have a great Easter. All right. Y'all take care. Thanks a lot, right. man. The great C.L. Brown. That was great. Broke some news. Can't wait to see his uh, columns uh, at the Louis, uh, Louisville Courier Journal. Um, it was a good get, Jamal. Yeah, yeah, Middle yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's that's my guy. College basketball. I saw him in uh, in Houston. Um, yeah, and he told me told me about the news. So I, I thought that'd be a, a great person to talk to. Yeah, that was great. Great stuff. All right, man. Uh, anything else you gotta say before we get out of here? Not much. Uh, you got any? Uh, you got any predictions? You know, on the on the NBA playoffs that are about to start. Any uh, like no. who you, you got? Who, who's your who's your final? Who you'd like or who you'd like to see in the final? How about that? I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I mean I, I don't care. Like Philadelphia, I would like to see Doc. Okay, okay. Win a champ, win an NBA championship. All right, all right. And maybe I like to see him face off against uh, Tyron Lue. Oh, that'd be nice. I think that would be good. You know, that would be uh, encouraging. Uh, outside of that, man, just let the chips fall where they may. Maybe and well, Bo- maybe Boston, man. You know, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Boston uh, get through. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of like you. I really, I just want to see what happens. Uh, it looks to me like you know Boston or Milwaukee, but like you said, Philly has a shot. Uh, the Knicks, the Knicks, uh, the Knicks are in the playoffs again. Uh, Jalen Brunson leads them to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Jalen Brunson and and Randall lead them to the playoffs. They're gonna play. An interesting first round series against Cleveland, who is is led by Donovan Mitchell, who is who the Knicks tried to get and couldn't get. So that's going to be yeah. a wild first round series. And they could actually win that, and if yeah. they if they do that, man, New York all of a sudden, I, I can't even, you know, oh, Knicks man. fans, man, I can't, you know, I, I, who knows what that's going to be like. Yeah, so you know, it should be fun. Even even Brooklyn made the playoffs, so I know I'd written, uh, written them off, man. I'd, I'd written Brooklyn off. I shouldn't say that publicly. It's hard, hard looking credentials, but <laughs> it's all about the credentials, brother. You know? Right, right. So yeah, you know, it'll be fun. The playoffs get started and get started next week with the plan, and then uh, the real fun begins. Yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, Jamal. Enjoy a great Easter with your family. You too. Uh, hope everybody's you know gets over the little aches and pains and ailments. Yeah. Uh, but have a great Easter. And uh, to everybody else, you know, uh, continue to listen. Uh, continue to uh, – there are no more booster shots, I guess. Not, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We're, we're waiting. We're wait. I'm waiting. I'm kind of like a, a – a, what do you call it? The COVID may be like a booster shot junkie. The, I'm like, yeah. The next ones are going to make us pay for. 
that's right. Depending you know, who's, who's in office. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good Easter, and I'll see you then. Yes, see, you too. See you next time. Hopefully next week. Hopefully. <laughs> next Thursday. <laughs> All right. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.